Uh, did you do Wordle? I did, but I, I, I don't, I don't know more. I'm um, still quite heavily into it. I've got Wordle, which is Wordle, Quordle, which is four Wordles at once, Birdle, which is Bird Wordle, Nerdle, which is Maths Wordle, Hurdle, which is Introduction to Songs Wordle, and Poddle, which is Podcast Wordle. I've played so, Turtle. Nice. Well, there is something called Robble, which isn't a game, but. <laughs> On the Open Dictionary, Robble is to talk without actually saying anything. Oh, wow. So, welcome to the Popcorn Bucket. Are you going to bark all day? This is a tasty burger. I am just a figment of your imagination. Here's Johnny. You are a sad, strange little man. These guys were at it. Don't fail me again. Rosebud. All right, let's Benny. Alternative to Let's Go or Let's Jet, <laughs> derived from the song Benny and the Jets. So, Rob, let's Benny. Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Popcorn Bucket Podcast with Ben and Rob. This is a regular look at the wonderful world of films, film franchises, and film nonsense. This week is a one-shot episode where we pick a topic and choose a standalone film to discuss with full spoilers, which isn't connected to a sequel, spin-off, or prequel, and hope that the other hasn't picked it and that we've chosen wisely and uniquely. Ben, what's the random popcorn maker of film topics popped up this week? Oh, I have to come up with a title? Uh, rubbish films, what we like, and that. But you don't have to spell that out on the pegboard. <laughs> rubbish films, what we like, and that. And that, yeah. I Ooh, Previously, oh, on the Popcorn Market podcast. Oh, yeah, the uh, result we, the other one shot. Thanks. Previously, on the Popcorn Market podcast, we looked at whales in film. And when I was editing it, I remembered that neither one of us mentioned the film Pride. Uh, which is a great film, Sam Wells. Oh, uh, yeah. It's a brilliant, brilliant film. But we put it to the our usual trifecta of Twitter poll, Instagram poll, and Spotify questions. And then you chose Submarine, and I chose Resistance. And on Twitter, you got no votes. What? And I got no votes. Oh, okay. That's fine. On Spotify, you got no comments. Oh? And I got no comments. I'm losing a theme here. The result on Instagram, which is now our only poll, was 43% of people voted for you and 57 oh, for me. Fuck. Okay, fine. I have to accept it. You you live by the public, you die by the public. And by the public, I mean the three people, what we know in real life and that. Yeah, it's pretty much split along familial lines. Yeah. <laughs> My family don't even bother voting. <laughs> Some of them do. Yeah, okay. Fine. Well, we'll see who wins this time. And uh, I've also just found out that, that bennying is a sexual maneuver where one leaves the morning after in a rushed fashion. I've still got the Benny open. On the, I need to close that. Urban Dictionary is a minefield. Um, yeah, so I was excited to do this one shot uh, since the random popcorn made it, it couldn't make up its mind on like how to word it. So it just it just pumped out a load of different tickets with like bad films that you like, but you know, not so guilty pleasures. Um, it's a cool concept, but I think I thought myself into a bit of a spiral with it all. Yeah. I, I'm uh, not a hundred percent sure on my choice. I think mine just is a good film. Yeah. Cause that's the thing I, I was thinking a film that you know is rubbish, but you like anyway. Yeah. And I was watching the film thinking, I don't even know if this is rubbish or not. Yeah, and that's the trouble. And the thing is, I've already shot my golden shot for that one, which is Wild Wild West. Oh, yeah. 
And we mentioned, although I'm not doing it this week, we mentioned Lone Ranger as well. Yeah. And those are pretty much my... my oh, And John Carter. You covered John Carter. I did. John Carter isn't great, but... It's, off Mars. It's not, yeah, off Mars, but it's not bad either. So, you know, I was like, oh, God, what do I pick? So... I did some I did some proper research into whether this counts as a franchise movie or not. Okay. And I think that it doesn't. Okay. Am but, I gonna think differently? Yes. Okay. <laughs> so I've chosen 1998's Godzilla. Now I know what you're thinking. Uh. I know what you're thinking. Yeah, part of the Godzilla franchise. And in fact, when you look it up on Wikipedia. It does say it's the twenty-third film in the Godzilla franchise. So, so it's definitely Godzilla. Yeah, no, it's definitely a franchise. Well, actually, actually, isn't it? Don't they call it Shoto Godzilla? That one. They have, and that Godzilla appears in a later Japanese Godzilla. Yes, and is unceremoniously killed. Yes. So it's kind of been made not canon, and from mm, what I understand, I tell you, that's fairly canon. Appearing no. in another film. Yeah, appearing... but it, it got killed straight and away. And whole animated series. Yeah, but that was a different thing. This was... this was. you got to understand that Toho, who are the Godzilla people in Japan, they were kind of pretty much done with Godzilla for a while, at least in, in the sort of late 90s. They were sort of kind of whatever. So they, they let America borrow the rights, and, and Roland Emmerich did such a shit job that they started making more Godzilla movies because they were like, well, <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> that's what, really it. <laughs> what research did you do? Because, yeah, Godzilla is a 1998 American monster film directed and co-written by Roland, Roland Emmerich, a reimagining of Toho's Godzilla franchise. It is the 23rd film of the franchise. Yeah, okay. Yes, well, I did more research than just the first Google result, it being a Wikipedia page. That's unlike you. Yeah, I know, right? So the thing is, from what I understand, there are different sort of iterations of Godzilla in terms of continuity and things like that. Yes, it is technically part of the Godzilla thing. However, I, technically, but I would also argue that it was meant to be its own thing and it's not got any prequels, spin-offs or sequels. It had an animated series, which, you know, but like it doesn't have any kind of thing. So I would say that it was meant to be, you know, a reimagining of this whole thing that didn't go anywhere. I would honestly argue, and we're never going to cover Godzilla because there are just too many of them. I think that's a challenge for next year. Oh, God. Because <laughs> it gets, because I really like Godzilla. I'm a kaiju fan and I really like Godzilla and and I like the, the original stuff and I even like some of the goofier stuff where he's dancing and stuff. It's 32 films. It's a lot. It's a lot. Hmm. So I figured since we're not going to be covering Godzilla in any kind of thing, we may, you know, do some kind of things. Maybe we'll cover the MonsterVerse. But in terms of this, I think I'm not spoiling any franchise fatigue thing here. And this doesn't even count as a as a, a fatigue franchise because it, it died on its ass. Still a franchise. Well, it's not up to you. It's up to it's public opinion now. It's you you are not the arbiter of what counts. I would say it does count. And as I said, I already shot my shot with Wild Wild West and you covered John Carter of Mars and we mentioned the Lone Ranger of Mars. And <laughs> so, you know, I, I think I should be allowed Godzilla. If, it, if it's an automatic L, I don't care. I'm talking about it. It's a rubbish film 
that I like. And that's that's the thing. It's a very limiting thing, strangely, because you have to know it's crap, but like it anyway, despite all of that. And the thing is, nobody likes 1998 Godzilla, except me. And I wish I could tell you why, but, you know, I'll give it my sh- best shot. So, as you said, directed and co-written by Roland Emmerich, a reimagining of Toho's kind of famous character, but, you know, a separate franchise, as we've already established. And, yeah, it's got Matthew Broderick. It's got um, a woman I can't remember the name of now. What is her name? <laughs> Hank Azaria. He's not the woman. <laughs> uh, it's Maria someone. Maria Petillo. That's it. Can you tell I'm doing this off the top of my head? But none of that's important. The thing is, my question to you is, do you like Independence Day? It's all right. Yeah. But would you agree that quite a lot of people like Independence Day? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't. I mean, I don't hate it. But I I don't get the sort of... I don't get why that is kind of given... It's sort of free pass. I think most people will agree it's kind of crappy, but, you know, there's still insanely watchable things in it. But I don't know why that gets a free pass and Godzilla doesn't, because it has the same basic shit. Uh, If you want to see monuments being blown up, well, around New York, then Godzilla's your, your film. So the idea is that the titular Godzilla comes to New York and how they deal with that and you know it's uh, godzilla's a bad guy in this sort of you know because sometimes godzilla is is protecting us against other monsters you know having a big old scrap with other monsters tends to be earth's protector but sometimes not that's the thing i quite like about godzilla is the fact that you can't pin him down on different things he could be the bad guy or the good guy he could be a heel or babyface. so as we know godzilla you know, started around 1950s. It was a, a way of uh, dealing with the horrors of nuclear warfare, and and it was a very. I don't know. Have you seen the original Godzilla? No, no. Uh, it's bleak as fuck. Like, I mean, it's a, it's a lot of the same kind of you know standard movie monster type stuff. People in uh, labs and and in white coats, kind of getting all worried. But you know, I mean, the fact that Godzilla's got nuclear breath and that sort of blasting i mean it's all it's all kind of there it's 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 sort of a manifestation of of the sort of fears and anxieties over the kind of thing um there's a great Stuart lee quote about that which is godzilla can breathe electricity but inexplicably has a human moral code (laughs) yeah it's true he does sometimes that's the thing um so yeah, it, one it, of his um, episodes of Comedy Vehicle is based around Godzilla. It's worth oh, checking out. It's really good. But yeah, I think the thing about this film is that it completely misunderstands the whole point of Godzilla. I I like the fact that it starts Godzilla is 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 from nuclear tests in French Polynesia. It's the French's fault. It's not the U.S. bombing Japan. It's the French. So they changed the origin. Um, and, and Godzilla isn't some kind of like ancient beast that, that slumbers under the sea or anything like that. Um, he's, he's a mutated sort of lizard thing that grew very, very big and it's kind of got like an iguana kind of look to him. 
And I actually quite dig the look of, of what is either known as Zilla, the American Godzilla, or Gino, Godzilla in name only. Nice. Yeah, it, it's odd because, oh, you've got fucking Jean Reno in it as well, being all awesome in French. John Reno. Yeah, Jean Reno. Not John Reno. You just, the, the first way you sound like, I swear I sound like you said John. <laughs> no, Jean Reno. Sorry, I didn't put enough Gallic kind of soft J on that. Jean Reno. <laughs> Isn't this Godzilla a lady Godzilla? Well, no. Huh. No. But there's eggs. Yes. Oh. That's one of the things. That's one of the things that Matthew Broderick finds out is the fact that some lizards can change sex in order to reproduce. They to reproduce asexually. I remember seeing that in uh, Jurassic Park. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of things in Godzilla that they remember seeing in Jurassic Park. So, yeah, it's, it's an odd one because you don't have Godzilla as a force of nature. Although, you know, there's a lot of New York that's getting kind of destroyed. It, it's, it's just kind of a weird disaster movie where, where the, the, the sort of disaster is personified. Can you even call it that? Like in a physical form rather than, you know, because Godzilla isn't a person. It is a very, very odd one. It's kind of boring. It has kind of some very, very kind of weak stuff. The characters aren't worth talking about. Matthew Broderick's kind of scientist. He's too eager and gee willikers for the whole thing. He's very wide eyed and kind of like, oh, wow. And he's working on worms. He's known as the worm guy. And they have a running joke. I say joke. They have a running thing where people can't pronounce his surname. His name is Nick Totopoulos, but they can't get Totopoulos right. And the thing is, if you look at the person who designed, redesigned the the Zilla, it's Patrick Totopoulos. So that's where they got that name from. Casting-wise, it, it's a bit weird. You've got three Simpsons cast members in there. You've got Hank Azaria as Animal, the New Yorker's fuck cameraman. Uh, you've got Harry Shearer as a newsman, really pushing the boat out there. Then Nancy Cartwright has a brief appearance as his assistant. So you got the Simpsons kind of thing there. But anyway, point being is that I completely understand why people don't like this movie, but I can't help but like it. And I think I think that in fact it does have that sort of scale to it. There's a there's a good scene where um, an old man goes fishing. I don't know if you this was in the trailers a lot. Uh, he's like a, he goes to the end of like a boardwalk kind of thing, and like his his mates are going like you'll never catch anything blah blah blah, and he basically catches Godzilla, <laughs> <laughs> and and you know that that's a cool scene. I don't think the old man makes it out alive though. I always thought he kind of like managed to sort of jump to the side or whatever, but no, he doesn't. He gets fucked up. I think this the reason why this this means something to me is because this was the first movie I'd seen on this kind of scale. I think the sort of like 90s kind of thing, especially Roland Emmerich movies, they were advertised within an inch of their life. You know, Independence Day had the whole ID4 thing. Do you remember when that was like, that was like their merch kind of thing and then it was everywhere and and that was the promotional kind of stuff and whatever. And, and Godzilla had that, but more. And it had a very, very 90s tagline. Do you remember the tagline for Godzilla? Uh... An epic adventure, 65 million years in the making. <laughs> no. <laughs> Size does matter. Oh, yes. Yes. And the teaser trailers, in a really, really... See if you can pick up on the imagery on this, because it's subtle, but I'll, I'll describe it to you and see if you get it. So uh, there's there was a teaser trailer for this Godzilla, which they're in a museum, 
and a, a, a tour group are going around and there's a T-Rex skeleton. And then all of a sudden, a huge Godzilla foot comes through the skylight and crushes the T-Rex skeleton. And it was like, this summer, size does matter. Yeah. Mm. Subtle, right? I mean, I think Jurassic Park has pretty much done that elsewhere in their franchise, haven't they? <laughs> Particularly in Jurassic World, when they smashed over the big dinosaur was in Jurassic Park 3. Yes, the Spinosaurus. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. Yeah, but you know this was this was at least that was part of the movie. This is just the advertising, and it, it had like a campaign that I even remember now, which was like had buses and like his foot is as big as this bus and and shit like that. Like you know, it was it felt it felt like a big event, and I think that's probably nostalgia plays a huge part in it for me because it it felt as this thing, and I kept seeing clips of like you know, kind of Hank Azaria. Uh, surviving being being stomped on by Godzilla because he's between the toes uh, as it goes down. But, you know, the, this kind of scale, this kind of, you know, they weren't properly showing the monster. And it was really exciting. And yeah, it it, it isn't. <laughs> but, you know, this, this, was, this was kind of a big deal for me when I was a kid. This was like, I hadn't seen many monster movies before this. So I think this being the first, despite it being a terrible example of a Godzilla movie and a pretty bad example of a monster movie, uh, it still holds a kind of special place. Godzilla could apparently hide a lot in New York. A giant lizard can just just hide, but it, it goes underground and ends up laying a bunch of eggs in Madison Square Garden. The babyzillas hatch, and it's just Jurassic Park. Godzilla doesn't have any like special powers apart from being fucking massive. It doesn't have the nuclear breath. There's one kind of thing that's sort of like alluded to, where where the, there's like a taxi chase, and it it roars, and there's some fire, but that's kind of all because things are being destroyed rather than any kind of nuclear breath. I think for Godzilla to be your true blue Godzilla, you you got to have the spines kind of lighting up. And then the nuclear breath. It's so awesome. I've always loved it. Siskel and Ebert have a a nod. Uh, Emmerich didn't like the fact that Siskel and Ebert were always slating his movies. So he he had Mayor Siskel, uh, no, Mayor Ebert, sorry, in, in, uh, in this film, where he cares more about his pole racings than the safety of people in New York. And he's got like a Lickspittle uh, assistant who looks like, Gene Siskel, but when it came time to actually review it, Siskel and Ebert said, "Why didn't you have the monster eat us? They just they just fall out about <laughs> it. They, they just they just exist, and they're just a bit unpleasant. But they don't have they don't come to like a sticky end or anything. So there's that there's that which was funny. But what I really like is that, uh, and I only found this out recently. But if you remember, Godzilla had. The kind of thing with the sort of black text with like a green glow behind it. Yeah, that, that was its like signature logo thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, there was another film that came out later that had very, very Godzilla-like text with the green glow behind, and uh, it said "plot does matter," right? Yeah. That film was Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. Oh God. <laughs> which is. Maybe one of the earliest internet self owns <laughs> that that has existed. So you know, it, it you just have to be careful who who you take a shot at. It's an odd one. It it's one of those things where, as I was thinking about it, sort of rubbish film. You know that I like. I think it would be the sort of film where you know someone introduces you, 
to to you know a friend introduces you to someone new and says oh uh, this is this is ben this is rob they they like film and then and then so they say oh what films are you into if i came out with like 1998's godzilla <laughs> and wild wild west and wild west they'd go wow he's clearly an idiot i'm going to walk away now i've got an urgent phone call suddenly you know it's it's something that sort of takes the legs out from under you when it comes to being a bit of a film buff so I will mention as well that I think this Godzilla has a dope ass soundtrack. Yep, Jamiroquai. Oh, Deeper Underground. I I think that may be my favorite Jamiroquai song. Filmed in a cinema in Essex. Was it in Essex? It was. <laughs> That's great. The video is really, really good as well. If you haven't seen the video for it, people at home, the video kind of like ties into the whole thing and lots of destruction and everything. It's not really in the, it's a little bit when they go underground, you hear the opening bit. You hear a bit song. of it. What, no, it's not Not even when they go underground. It's when they, when people who who have sort of evacuated New York are just holding up in a house. Oh, is it? Okay. I yeah, so it's there. not even, it's not even fitting. <laughs> like, it's okay. not even the bit where they go underground. <laughs> it has Come With Me, which was uh, Puff Daddy featuring Jimmy Page. The first time I think I heard Cashmere in that kind of thing obviously the original untainted version is better but yeah i i can't help it i i've i've watched the 98 godzilla quite a few times now especially after you know getting older and and you know being more into films and things and like wild world west i can i can see all the problems and it's not it's really not very good it really isn't the the the, the whole thing is like it's dark, it's raining because they wanted to hide, hide the kind of subpar CGI for Godzilla. You know, the only the only thing I actually like, the vaguely clever thing, is that a lot of the destruction for the sort of New York City landmarks are blown up by the military trying to hit Godzilla. <laughs> so the Flatiron building and the Chrysler building get blown up with missiles because Godzilla ducks. <laughs> that's, that's the only thing. So yeah, it's not good not good at all but for some reason that just doesn't compute with my brain and i still enjoy it i still get something out of it it's one of those things where i just question what the hell is wrong with me but again nostalgia is kind of you know we some we're allowed these movies and uh yeah godzilla is mine um and wild west and lone ranger and a bunch of other things that are would get me kicked out of any decent film critic circle so yeah, so there you go, man. Godzilla, or just Zilla. I will say that you 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 did bring up Zilla being brought up in Final Wars, Godzilla Final Wars, uh, the two thousand four movie, and um, Zilla gets summoned and then body slammed by the real Godzilla into the Sydney Opera House and then fucking nuked with the nuclear breath. It's <laughs> it's it, honestly you've never seen such a callous dismissal. Above um, anything JJ uh, Abrams did in Star Wars Episode Nine, <laughs> we, we we're doing so well with not mentioning Rise of Skywalker, but it's fine, it's fine, and it's just those wounds will take a while to heal, won't they? Yeah, one day I think we should just do like a do that as a franchise episode to just kind of get off my chest. What do the sequel? Just spend an hour ranting about uh, Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, well, I mean. I've certainly still got enough leftover venom. So, yeah. So anyway, Godzilla. That's my pick for rubbish film, what I like, and that. 
So it's my turn to go first this time because you went first last time. Oh, yep. shit. I forgot. <laughs> I just thought, wow. Anyway, well, it doesn't really matter, does it? I know you haven't picked Godzilla. No, I haven't picked Godzilla, no. <laughs> so, so it's fine. I almost went for the remake of Arthur with Russell Brand. I don't mind that. I don't mind that. I know, yeah. but it's a film that's so bad, even he has disowned it. When you compare it to the original, it's it's no contest. But I actually, yeah, I yeah, I like it. We saw didn't it together. We see Arthur together. Yeah, I we, did, we did. Yeah, yeah. So go on then, Rob. Since you're going second this time, it just means you get a great period where you get to go first next time. It doesn't literally doesn't matter, especially no, no. Yeah. as if it isn't Godzilla, which it won't be. Well, you're always waiting for the sort of sucker punch then when you've gone first, of which this isn't isn't one. I've gone for from the back of the DVD, hooray for physical media. Before Reckless Jerry can make amends with Samantha, he has to take one more wild ride down to Mexico and pick up a priceless antique pistol and settle his debts. Finding the pistol proves easy. Once things heat up with mob bosses and hitmen, getting home with it is a whole other matter. <laughs> I've gone for 2001's The Mexican, starring Brad Pitt and Julia Roberts, and James Gandolfini, and J.K. Simmons. It's a good cast, not a good film. I've Have you seen saw- it? I saw it once, so okay. and and I think it just slid off my brain quite neatly. Yeah. So you're going to have to Part remind is, me. I was watching this, wondering: do, do any of these people remember they were in this film? <laughs> certainly not Brad Pitt. Generally, thought you were going to go really dark with that. Then what? Certainly not James Gandolfini because he's dead. Is that what you thought I was going to say? Well, I've known him many years, so yes, that is what I thought <laughs> you were going to say. Well, I didn't, but I have now. But you forced it out of me. I don't like reminding myself that James Gandolfini is dead. The dude was awesome. He's awesome in this. Yeah. So it's kind of a, I guess, a, a, I don't know, screwball romantic comedy. Uh, Brad Pitt and Julia Roberts are current former partners. Um, he, he has been, he's called, uh, Brad Pitt is called Jerry. He has been accidentally drafted into a criminal empire. And he is tasked with one final job, which is going to Mexico to retrieve a priceless antique pistol, which the design of which is really cool, and bring it back for his mob boss. And Samantha, played by Julia Roberts, says it's the final straw, so leaves him. She then gets picked up by James Gandolfini's hitman called Leroy, and sort of is, is held as collateral, pretty much. Right. Um, it's, it's, so that sort of stories dovetail, and it all there's all these sort of flashbacks to the origin of the gun and why everybody wants it. It's sort of comedic, sort of dramatic, and you've seen it once. I've seen it many, many times over the years to the point where when I watched the film for this, um, I could pretty much remember every beat as it happened. Wow! Um, the music I think has been stuck in my head since 2001. It's got a great soundtrack. It's um, it looks nice. It's a yeah, a really enjoyable film. Of all the films, I was not expecting that one. Because as I said, I remember fuck all about it. And I think that's yeah. just... That's and I can just see why, watching it, I can see why. But also <laughs> watching it, I can think, but this is amazing. Why doesn't everyone watch this? So why, why have you watched it so many times? I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Because this is, this is the thing. I, I said with Godzilla, it was nostalgia and, and you know, a bunch of, bunch of stuff. And, you know, I, I like stuff getting wrecked in movies and, and it all kind of sort of congeals into one sort of uh, greasy blob. And whereas you, you just, there must be something about it. What does the humor work for you? Does the, the... the humor works for me. The setting works for me. The kind of everybody's after this MacGuffin. I, I 
don't know. It's just a fun film. Every so often I think about compiling a list of my 100 greatest films, and I'd probably put this at 100. Just to have it included, but... Yeah. So does anyone, you know, has it ever had like a 10th anniversary, 20th anniversary edition? Does anyone remember it? Do they remember it? Does the director remember (laughs) it again? It was the director. Oh, yeah, I usually say that. The director is Gore Verbinski. Oh. Oh, music was by Alan Silvestri. Oh, I like Alan Silvestri. The, the soundtrack is cracking. Mm. I mean, that's some, there, there's, that's a good cast. It has yeah. to be said. Good cast and good music. But again, I'm really, really struggling to remember anything about this movie. J.K. Uh, Simmons, who I keep going to call J.K. Rowling, um, <laughs> is, uh, at one point he's in his wife's which is quite a sight. Um, it's, I mean, there are quite a few issues with this film. Now, like, um, Julia Roberts is the, is the only female character in it. Mm. Um, and there's, there's a line at one point where James Gandolfini says, he who controls the girl controls the pistol. And so she, she really is just like a prize to be passed around. It, it, that hasn't aged well. Mm. Um, it's also a weird bit, which is quite, kind of quite uncomfortable to watch now, where once she's been kidnapped, because there's a few people who are trying to kidnap her, um, she gets kidnapped by a sort of a nameless assassin who James Gandolfini shoots and so, so sort of rescues her, but then kidnaps her and drives off in her little green Volkswagen bug. And she asks him if, and I guess the uh, content warning, he asks, so she asks him if he's, if he's planning to rape her. And he says, that's not likely. And then later on, she sort of brings it up and says, do you not find me attractive? And eventually looks out that he's gay. And it all feels a bit icky, I think, watching it in 2022. Although I would say that, yeah, that uh, James Gandolfini's character is gay, but it's kind of, although it is a plot point, it's not like a, uh, I guess he's not having it up. It's, um, in in a sort of, a, you know, some of those sort of particularly frat house comedies from oh, yeah. around that era really are. Yeah, they're, they're flaming as hell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, it's just, he is a sort of a stone cold hitman. He just happens to be gay. Kind of, I guess, kind of like, um, oh, the dude in uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Gay pairing. Yeah, that it's not, yeah. As you say, it's not a, it's not played for laughs. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just part of the character. It's not, yeah. it's not like, yeah. It's not a defining, it's it's not his defining trait. It's, and, and that I think almost feels, I guess for the time, as I say, if you think of the sort of other stuff that was around at that time, it sort of feels kind of progressive and yeah, but uh, other elements of it, I, I think uh, have aged quite badly. And so as Brad Pitt goes through the, as go, goes through Mexico and there's like a catalog of errors, you know, he, his car gets stolen with a pistol in it and he can only then rent a, a really old clapped out van with a rabbit dog in the back of it, uh, which apparently was a golden retriever that they sort of shaved his fur and dyed his, and dyed it to make it look mangy. <laughs> The dog is kind of spiritual, um, I guess, in, in the way that in the film Coco, there's a, the stray cat that's kind of meant to be like a spirit cat. Mm. Um, the dog is kind of one of those type, I guess. I mean, that's kind of me reading into it because you see the dog in flashback with the pistol, which is meant to be made in sort of the turn of the century, so turn of the 20th century, the first part of the, first, of the early 20th century. Um, and as Jerry goes through Mexico, he sort of hears this story of why the gun is cursed and how it came to be made and there's like a whole love rivalry around the pistol going on and you you hear that about three times and each time it's told in a flashback which is shot in like a super eight style with a, like a whirring um projector and sort of black and white and that kind of uh quick frame movement mm. and it's always different um as he sort of finds out more and more about it um 
There's lots of t-shirts over long sleeves uh, for the early 2000s. And when did that go out of fashion? I wonder. Godzilla isn't wearing any clothes. No, no. Um, there's a, yeah, bits which are just like constantly lodged in my head. Uh, there's a bit where Jerry finds his car's been stolen, so sort of crashes his rubbish truck into a into a sort of a beat up uh, in, into one of the into a boy racer car, so he can't be followed. And that just sticks in my head. It's just yeah, it's weird. The, I say the music does. Is it... you okay? You sound like you hit your head there. Oh no, no. Sorry, I was just <laughs> looking looking to anything else I want to say. I could I could just sort of repeat plot points to you. Um, it's it's kind of fun, I think. Um, Brad Pitt and Jennifer Julia Roberts. Sorry, Brad Pitt and Julia Roberts are kept Jennifer apart. Julia Roberts. I was going to say Jennifer Lawrence, but um, <laughs> Brad, Brad Pitt and Julia Roberts are kept apart for most of the film. And when they do, when they come back together, they pretty they argue, they argue constantly, but they clearly love each other. Mm. Um, so I think look, when we talked about um, the Mask of Zorro and how the chemistry between Antonio Banderas and um, Catherine Cedar Jones and how well they work together and how stupid the decision was in the sequel to keep them apart because yeah. of the chemistry. I think this works in their favor that, you know, I think both the stories are quite engaging. Jerry's search of the pistol, Samantha and Leroy as, as they're sort of trying to find Jerry. Um, they're quite interesting stories separately. And it, I think it works keeping them apart. I think the chemistry between Julie Roberts and James Gandolfini is quite nice. And, you know, they, they, they end up becoming good friends. And Brad Pitt and Julia Roberts, I think, work well together where they're on screen together, but they're not on screen together that much. Mm. Uh, at the end of the film, the, so the gun is never fired properly, and whenever it's been whenever it's been fired, it ends up killing the wrong person because it's cursed. Julia Roberts doesn't know this and ends up sort of firing it, and everyone tells her not to because you know, and it ends up working correctly for the first time and shooting the bad guy. And a ring fork spins off the gun barrel and lands on the floor in sort of quite bad CGI. Um, which then Brad Pitt uses as a ring to propose to her because so to prove he can be committed. Oh, Become- there you go. So the moral is gun violence fixes all problems. Pretty much, yeah. Nice. Oh, well, that's that's a good that's a good moral. It's, it's, so a, it's a nice film. Um, there's some sad bits, particularly yeah, uh, what happens to James Gandolfini. Um, and there's some very funny bits, and yeah, I, I, I don't know. I just like it. I think it's quite. Kirk Dale was quite sparkly. Hmm. It's quite it's quite a sunny film. It puts me mind, it puts me out of summer. I think I say the soundtrack is brilliant. I kind of want to watch it. I will admit, and and I I honestly couldn't if you'd said to me this morning you're going to have a hankering to watch the Mexican starring Rabbit and Julia Roberts. I'd be like, fuck off! I don't know you. What are you talking about? But I kind of do now. I really 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 enjoy. And sort of, yeah, I say so it, it plays my head quite a lot. Like elements of it. Like the way Brad Pitt drinks his bottle when he's talking to a policeman. It's just really weird. I, I, I don't know. And I'd have to watch it again now. Mm. I will say, I've just remembered one of my key points about Godzilla, which I will have to put back in the bit where I'm talking about Godzilla. <laughs> and it wasn't if I wasn't listening. I was completely listening. But then I was just thinking, Rob's making some good... Fuck, I forgot to make the point. Okay, so... It's all right. Editor Ben, sort the shit out. It's a mess. That's if you don't mind, Rob, if you're done talking about the Mexican. Yeah, I mean, part of me wants to talk about the Mexican as you're talking about Godzilla, and that's making it really hard. <laughs> what I wanted to say, it's only a short thing, but what I wanted to say is it's it's weird. It's because you said sad bits, and I thought there is actually quite a sad bit in Godzilla, and it's because Godzilla gets fucking killed. 
Yeah. They they trick him into chasing them through a suspension bridge and he gets caught up in the cables. And then the military sort of have then a static target that they can fire a ton of missiles at. And Matthew Broderick is meant to have this sort of spiritual link with Zilla. As I said, I actually quite like the redesign of Godzilla. And the one thing I do like is the sort of fiery eyes that he has. And then Matthew Broderick kind of watches the fire sort of fade in his eyes, which I find really sad. And I think it's weird that Roland Emmerich took Godzilla and basically made King Kong again with Jurassic Park. Like, just had a whole thing. Like, Godzilla isn't a tragic character. Godzilla is, is, as I said, a force of nature. Kind of, he's sometimes a bad guy, sometimes he's fighting worse things. He's not a tragic character. And it, it's weird to me that he felt the need to sort of do that. I mean, and well, then they have the sequel teeth of, like, one of the eggs survived. So well, that one then uh, was the one that the animated series was about. Yes. And I, I remember the there's a cliffhanger of, of one of the animated series where it turned out the government had kept all the bits of uh, Godzilla they blew up to make a sort of a robot Godzilla. Oh, Mecha Godzilla, yeah. Kind of, as in more like a Borg Godzilla. Oh, Christ. And I also find it quite sad as well when they've they've basically just firebombed Madison Square Garden and Zilla rises up from, from the, the underground and then sort of noses his dead offspring. That's upsetting. That's actually upsetting. And then he's mad. And, and it's like we're meant to, like, I wanted all the humans to die at that point. I was just like, again, he, he's sort of like a scared lizard in, in a world he doesn't understand. He's, it's not malice that is causing this, this whole thing. It's, it's not because it wants to destroy. It's not because he wants to kind of like eat humans or anything. It's so wrong-headed. The whole thing is wrong-headed. So anyway, but I still like it. <laughs> but like, <laughs> you say about uh, liking kaiju movies. Yeah. Have you seen the film Colossal? No. It is really, really good. Um, it stars Anne Hathaway and a pre-Ted Lasso Jason Sudeikis. Um, to the point where you, you actually wonder how he can play the character in this and Ted Lasso because <laughs> he's such an ass in this in this film. Oh, but he's it's... good at playing a douche. Um, it's uh, that's pr- this is probably his most yeah he's, he's horrible world. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's a really really good film. I don't really want to sort of spoil it too much, but it's kind of, it's kind of kaiju. Yeah, I can't no, I can't say that I've seen it. Um, I, if, I, if you get a chance, I, I really would check it out. Mm, it's I not love... it's, it's more of a drama kind, kind mm. of, but it's about alcoholism as well. It's it's really really good. It's like a giant whiskey bottle destroying the city. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. I didn't think I'd hear anyone defending the Mexican because I'm pretty sure everyone's forgotten about it. I'm Clearly. just fairly sure everyone's forgotten about it. Mm. Um, I really like it. I say bits stick in my head all the time. There's a sort of, I guess, kind of black comedy amusing bit where um, I, I think they're over there in Cinco de Mayo and everybody's firing guns in the air and the guy that Jerry's gone to pick up who has the pistol ends up getting shot in the head just by a bullet coming back down. Oh, shit. Yeah, well, people will fire guns in in the air, even even in real life. It's a terrible thing to do. Bullets have to come down at some point. Yep, but no, it's it's, it's a really good film. Um, I, I I really enjoy it, and I've watched it multiple times, and I would watch it again. It's, I think it's well cast, well acted. Is it the sort of thing that you kind of make sure that you have a copy of at all times? 
not like oh this is something i want to be buried with but like in terms of like i've got i've i've bought godzilla like three times i think video dvd and and i've not really tended to do that i don't think well, I just, uh, I, I, it's part of the collection. I get all kind of weird about it. I'm just like, okay, so that goes there and then that. And then I've got all, all the Marvel films there. I've got the Batman ones there, Superman and that. Just kind of put it all together. That's films for a rainy day. You know, films where I'm feeling kind of shite. And, you know, okay, those, those are films that I'll only watch very occasionally. because you know, I definitely say it's a, a film I could watch. Yeah, if I was feeling particularly bad. Is it, so it's like a comfort movie for you? I think so, yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, that's good, and and yes, I I can't think of anyone who who has had a positive opinion about that movie. So, you have answered the remit. So yeah, so Godzilla versus the Mexican, which is a sequel to Godzilla versus Kong that I would definitely watch. <laughs> <laughs> Just a giant Mexican, be amazing. Who would you root for? Do you like Godzilla at all? The, the film? No, Just the Godzilla film. in general? Yeah. No, I thought. Um... What was the, the remake one with Brian Cranston? 2014 one. Is, it, is that just called Godzilla? Yes. I enjoyed that. I thought that was sort of um, quite nice visually. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. And then yeah. it had, it had, yeah, part of the Monsterverse. It's that. Yeah. Yeah. Kong, Kong and Skull Godzilla Island. versus Kong. Yeah. Um, Godzilla King of the Monsters. Oh, yeah. And then Godzilla versus Kong. So, yeah, I think I've, I've only seen Godzilla out of that franchise. Oh, we should we should definitely cover those because uh, who doesn't love a bit of kaiju action? So yeah. yeah, like Pacific Rim. I love Pacific Rim. Specific. I hated hated the sequel. I have not seen it. It's rubbish. Don't bother. So yeah, that's that's it. I mean, I, have I convinced you that it's not part of the Godzilla franchise? Absolutely not. Yeah, I didn't think I would. I I just I think the fact that it has been deemed not canon the fact that the original people after sort of leasing the license and then seeing what a terrible job the fact <laughs> no that they, we'll take that back thank you yeah exactly <laughs> it's the not fact, for you the fact that they took their ball and went home <laughs> that 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 really that that makes me smile just just in, in its own thing and and godzilla as i said it there are different there are different eras of Godzilla. There are different kind of things. And I think this one was a complete non-starter. It technically, because it's it's the same, but it's not even properly as I said, it's it's Gino. It's Godzilla in name only. Well, I mean, my understanding of God like the original Toho films is that it's you know, it's not really about a monster, it's about nuclear sort of fear of nuclear weaponry. Yes. Or nuclear energy. And I guess this Godzilla isn't really about anything. American American Zilla is it's the French's fault. <laughs> yeah. That's why Jean so to put enough of a thing on that, Jean Renault, he he's there to sort of because he loves his country and he wants to sort of make up for the mistakes that his country has made. That's almost literally a line that he has. It's it's super weird. And as I said, it it's it's Godzilla in the fact that Big Lizard and and the title of the film it's not godzilla in any other way uh it's it's honestly shit but as i said i can't i can't not like it i've tried i've tried i've been like come on there are better movies even the, the 2014 godzilla that's better and that's got like kind of great stuff going on but you know 
But if you can't get past the whole franchise rule thing, then whatever. But it meant to have a sequel. It didn't have a sequel. It's been thoroughly decanonized. But I would it did argue. have about 37 prequels. But they weren't, because it was a reimagining reboot type deal. So it didn't have the prequel, spin-off, or sequel that we have in the whole thing. So you can cram it with the walnuts. I would like to do the Monsterverse uh, franchise at some point. Oh, we definitely should. I've I've been after watching shit Godzilla. I kind of want to see Godzilla versus Kong and 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 the films leading up to it because I think that's one of the only ones apart from the DCEU that have actually like kept their sort of continuity direct sequel Marvel inspired thing going. There's still hope for the dark universe. They've well, got the logos. They've got the logos. Everyone knows you're you're halfway there if you've got a good logo. We learned that from John Carter of Mars. So it's a shame that I haven't been able to convince you about the uh, the non-franchise status of American Zilla. But, you know, it's not up to you, is it? So, people on Instagram. Actually, no no one voted on Instagram. No, they did. They did. Oh, okay. Instagram Instagram was the only one they, yeah. So, we'll put people. the question out on Spotify, Twitter, and Instagram. We need your help here. If the Mexican wins, is it because you consider Godzilla to be a franchise movie? So, you know, whatever it is. understand how the poll works. It is just pretty much a yeah, I know, but question. They can, they can put... there's, there's no room for nuance. It is just, do you like this one or this one with no room for kind of further yes, discussion? I'm, I'm, I'm aware of that, but, you know, I would argue... I mean, that our country doesn't have the best be... history with referendums. Yes, I, but film criticism cannot be boiled down to a simple binary choice. What, like Wrong. one out of five, two out of five. Yeah, exactly. So, fine. With all that in mind, and considering how douchey Rob's being right now, just factor that into your voting. Oh, dear. Who wins? Godzilla versus the Mexican. It's a weird matchup, because I haven't heard anyone else defending Godzilla, and I certainly haven't heard anyone talk about the Mexican in positive. Uh, it was really hard to read around it as well afterwards. Mm, yeah, because no one cares. Yeah, I know. <laughs> this is the thing. <laughs> this, is, this is it. And I think there was more hubbub about the the American Godzilla because it was the kind of infant days of the internet, you know, as I said, with the sort of plot does matter thing from uh, Phantom Menace and all that. Like, And people were decrying the fact that it wasn't Godzilla. This wasn't a Godzilla movie. There are different flavors of nerds, but kaiju nerds, man, they are some of the nerdiest and most passionate. So yes, it it wasn't hard to find material on Godzilla, but it was incredibly hard to find anything positive whatsoever. It, that just had to come from me. So there we go. That's it. Rubbish films, what we like in that. Still need to catch your title, don't we? Yep. I'll work on that. Yeah, I can't think of anything else. Can you? What are some of your rubbish films that <laughs> you like that no one else does? Yeah, please. Actually, I would be genuinely interested to find out the, the films that you find yourself defending or or just saying in a very quiet voice, oh, I quite liked it. I mean, yeah, everyone can agree on, you know, an Oscar winner being great or, you know, things like all-time greats like The Godfather or Jurassic Park or, you know, anything. Pick a hit. But like the Italian it, job remake. 
no. <laughs> I genuinely thought you might go for that this time around, but you've already you've already talked about it. We never released it. Yeah, so that's what I mean. So you could have gone mm. for that, but uh, but yeah, I I always find it interesting because it it nearly always comes with some kind of weird story. Why you know why you like the thing that is clearly rubbish, but you like it, and and I love the fact that. I've learned the thing about Rob, the fact that the Mexican is his comfort movie. I've I've known him for many, many, many years, and I did not know that about him. But Rob knows I like some shit movies. So oh yeah, yeah. There's, there's no there's no change in his opinion of me there. I I would be super interested, more so than the poll results. Please tell me uh, in comments and whatever what rubbish film or supposedly rubbish film do you actually like? And if you've got any topics for one shots you'd like us to cover, please yes. let us know. Yes, please do. Rob, out your spot. That's it for this week. Thank you very much for your time and thank you for listening. We'd love to have your feedback. Please email podcast at thepopcornbucket.com. You can find us on Instagram at popcornbucketpod or over on Twitter at popcornbucketpd or on www.thepopcornbucket.com. I was going to say, don't pimp the website. I still haven't done any more writing for it. So. And still hasn't done any more writing for it, but it's coming. <laughs> it is. Uh, thank you so much to Lawrence Owen of Long Cut Media for the theme music. If you are able to, it'd be great if you can rate the episode wherever you listen to your podcast and subscribe and share. Many thanks. Take care and see you next episode. Well, he said. <laughs>